Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I want to shout out to you, Broncos country. Hey, Broncos country, let's chat. Broncos country, let's Let's chat. Broncos country, let's Let's chat. Broncos country, let's chat. Let's chat. Let's chat about that dude. Let's chat. Let's Let's chat about that dude, a.k.a. your QB. Maybe. Your QB as of right now, as of right this second, Russell Wilson is still the guy in Denver, technically. And apparently, if it were up to Russ, he would still be until the end of his career. He wants to end his career in Denver. Even if it doesn't seem like there's anybody left in Denver that wants that old sack of potatoes anywhere near any of them. Still, Russ made it very clear over the weekend on the I Am Athlete pod with Brandon Marshall that he is all for staying in Denver. He's not looking to leave. He wants to be there if they still want him. It's just that it definitely doesn't seem like the Broncos still want him or want anything to do with him. I mean, I say that based on the fact that Denver tried to make him waive his injury guarantee, which benched him for the last couple of games of the year. I'm not looking to get on this guy. I'm not looking to drag this guy. I'm not, it's not like I'm going way out of my way to trash Russet. Even that whole Russet thing, it's only a thing because Tariq Woolen is hilarious. Yeah, man, personally, it was pretty funny because on TV and stuff, you see him, like, like from college and stuff, you like, okay, he look in shape on TV. But you see him in person, it's like weird. He like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> that will never not be incredible. Five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, the year 7,000. That will never not be an incredible quote. It's just one of the funniest clips ever. So, of course, we're going to have fun with one of the funniest clips ever because it'll never stop being funny. In fact, it'll never stop getting funnier and funnier. Just like Russ will never stop being corny and cringy and cheesy. I mean, to beat a well-worn phrase into the ground, it really is what it is. And as long as that dude is what that dude is, people are going to dunk on this dude. Now, let me say this for Cringerous. He has handled a pretty crappy situation in Denver really well, as well as you could. He's had a great attitude about that crappy situation, at least publicly. So I'd love to just focus on that part. Except I can't because my dude makes it really hard every single time he finds a camera or a microphone. He doesn't do it that often, but when he does, it always ends badly. Because every time he finds a camera or a microphone, he spews nonsense into them like this. I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through. Whether it's in Denver or somewhere else, I I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I, I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win too. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. Quote, over the next five years, I want to win too. My man, to what? To what? Lombardi's or games? What the hell are you talking about? Two Super Bowls in the next five years. What? Are you going to go to Kansas City and back up Patrick Mahomes? My dude, if I were you, I would just worry about finding one team. 
that actually wants you to be their starting quarterback before I start worrying about winning two Super Bowls in the next five years. Like, bro, let's do some math. Basic elementary math. How the hell are you going to win two rings if you don't have one job? You want to feel a chill. You're way more likely to feel the chill of a cold metal bench on your ass than a Lombardi in your hands. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. Especially since you only won one ring when you had a great job. When you were in your prime, playing for a stacked team, and had a star running back and a whole legion of boom on the other side behind you. Legion of boom? Despite all of that, you won one time. And now anyone is supposed to believe that you're about to rip two Lombardis past the age of 35. Dude, I don't think anybody is even buying that you're going to make it another five seasons, period let alone ripping two rings in those five seasons. I mean, my guy, you barely look like you're going to make it another five months in the league or even five weeks, let alone five more seasons. Look, I get it. What's he supposed to say? I get it. He's trying to save face. He's trying to get a job. So he's got to say what he's got to say. He just needs to know how ridiculous it looks and sounds to everybody else when he says stuff like that. But then again, he's never taken the hint before. And I guess you can't really take a hint if you don't get it, right? So why start now? It's way too late for this dude to stop bringing all the cringe, all the corn, and all the cheese. It's just who he is. But again, he does deserve credit for handling all of this with class and continuing to insist that he does want to be in Denver and finish his career in Denver, even though there are reports swirling that he's got one foot out the door in Denver. Like one foot out the door and one foot in the gutter. And that nobody in Denver wants anything to do with him. Why do I say this? Well, for one, he has his house listed for sale. You know, the one with all those bathrooms. My house ain't for sale. That, that you can't Wait, that, no, what you talking about? I go on Instagram right now to say Russell Wilson's house is for sale. Yeah, that, it's not for sale. It's not on the market right now. People, people think that I'm out of there. But, you know, maybe I am. But no matter what, like, I, I love to go back, you know. But, you know, I, I committed there. You know, I committed to be there. I committed to win championships. I want to win more Super Bowls there. You know, I, I love the city and everything else. But, you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you too, so. Dude, is the house for sale or not? If there's a sign in front of the house and it's hammered into the ground with concrete and says for sale, the house is for sale. My house ain't for sale. Whether you say it is or isn't. I don't know. People think that you're out of there. He's like, I want to be here, but people think I'm out of here. People think you're out of there for a pretty good reason. Because it doesn't seem like the people running the Broncos want you there. Which is why they tried to get you to drop your injury guarantee and why they benched you for the last two games of last year. So we're about to find out for sure how Denver feels about Russ. Although I think we already know for sure how Denver feels about Russ. Because to cut him and move on from him would come with an $85 million dead money cap hit. For next season. It all kind of depends on what Sean Payton wants and how fast he can get his hands on another quarterback. 
Sean Payton and I had a discussion about this very topic during the week of Super Bowl when he joined me in Vegas in front of the Bellagio. I asked him right then and there, Sean, what is it that you're looking for in a QB? I think it's important that they're quick processors. Let me give you an example. Uh, and this was a strength of Drew's. It's a strength of Mahomes. During any given play in seven seconds, he's going to point out the mic ID. He's going to send the receiver in motion. He's going to alert the back here for a check down. And he's going to alert Kelsey. It's cover zero. Like he's a guy that gets in the car. And I'm the opposite now, right? I've got this new car. No, I'm dead serious, <laughs> no, though. No, no, I know where you're going with this. That's why I'm laughing. I've got this new car, right? And I know how to turn the radio on. I get to my auto, 72 degrees, whatever that is, and I drive. All right? I never have it in. And these guys. You, will you heat, don't go through your driving progression? No, these guys will your heat. Your driving tree? They'll heat, heat the back seats if you need it. They'll <laughs> just, they get to the 50 buttons that are available, heat warmers, seat warmers. I have no idea where my seat warmer is, but I know I have one. Right. These guys got to be able to operate quickly in six or seven seconds. It's the hardest thing for us to evaluate. I see you working, Coach. I loved it the first time he said it, and I like it even more right now. I get it. I think I understand where it went so wrong between Coach and QB. It's like, I don't know, Sean Payton and Russ probably went on some ski trip. And Sean asked the dude, hey, Russett, can you pop on my seat heater? It's a little bit drafty up in here. And Russ got all flustered and confused and couldn't figure it out. And that was the moment that Sean knew, man, that ain't my guy. That's not my guy. This is not going to work. I need somebody who can process bleep quickly. I need a quarterback that knows how to work his damn seat heaters. Look, we'll see how it all actually plays out. We're all about to find out if Sean can get his hands on another quarterback who can actually process at the speed that he's looking for and can actually operate the amenities of his luxury sled. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. But the one thing everybody knows for certain, no matter how it plays out, is that the sack of potatoes is not going to get anywhere near two Lombardis in the next five years. At this point, he would be lucky to land a starting job in that league. Like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Again, how are you going to get two rings in five years, Russ? Are you going to back up Mahomes? I don't know. I'm thinking about this. I, I would actually, California, I, I love California. I'm a Los Angeles native. I live in the Orange County area. I love Cali. But man, it's getting tougher and tougher to live in Cali. It's a lot of money, yo. I mean, I would move to Denver. Why the hell not? I could be closer to Logues, who, by the way, I saw more pictures of his weekend. This dude is living the greatest life in the history of the world. Logan Rome. When, when he's not lying to me about where he is. I'm telling you, if I could trade places with one person, it would be that kid. Nothing but pictures of him and his boys and his gals on the mountain, in the bars. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. He would say to me, what? What, Pop? You didn't do all that when you were my age? You didn't get to do all that? Yeah, anyway, Logs, don't send me texts saying, don't tell Pops I'm in L.A. 
or I'm going to send you a text back that reads, and I quote, hey, loser, I am pops. Hashtag busted. By the way, Logs, that's getting even funnier. I don't even know why I'm talking to him. He's never seen the show. The only time Logan Roman's ever seen this show is when he appeared on this show. Logan Logan. Anyway, I would move to Denver. Why the hell not? And you know why I'm getting away with talking about the kid like that? Because his mother is in Pilates. She won't know. Unless one of her narc mole friends runs it back to her. Anyway, what I'm saying is, maybe I will move to Denver. Why the hell not? Be closer to Logs, closer to the big head. Yeah, right. And then the Wilson residence. Now, that's an open house that I'm checking out. Zillow has that monster. And again, it's not for sale, according to Russ. But Zillow house ain't for sale. has that monster listed at 25 to 26 mil. If that's the case, you're damn sure I'm checking out all 12 bathrooms. I can even punctuate this with a story. Remember, KB, famous employee Kyle Brandt. I had a ball. Came on the show once, not long after starting, and told this incredible story about him going house hunting in L.A. Let me reset this very briefly. So KB's out by himself, checking out this place in Hermosa Beach. Really nice place, really nice homeowner, and the homeowner tells KB... Like, there's not a realtor there. I think it's just like a Fizbo, or the owner's just running it himself. He says to KB, hey, take your time. Go around. Check the place out for yourself. And KB's like, man, love the neighborhood. Love the bathroom. Or the bedroom, I should say. Love the view. But then, then, nature suddenly calls. It's go time. Must happen now. Long story short, KB not only uses the bathroom and takes care of business, but flat out wrecks house, wrecked the bathroom. It doesn't flush. He panics. He's looking around for a plunger. Nothing. So <laughs> instead, <laughs> instead of facing the music, owning it, and telling the homeowner what he did, KB screams, thank you, great house, and runs out the door like the place is on fire. Anyway, here's my point. If I'm buying Russ's house, I'm grabbing 11 of my friends and D and Ring all 12 toilets before I write that check. And then maybe Bodie and Pearland will sing a song commemorating everything on air. Blinded by the fright, dropped off a little deuce and then I ran for my life. Blinded by the fright. Dropped off a little deuce and then I ran for my life. Well, I go by KB on the radio, on the Jim Rome radio show. I'm a little squirrely whirly, a blondhead Bobby Hurley, except when I'm wearing a beard. Well, when I moved to California, I had to find a home, yeah, and I thought that I found me a spot. But when I entered the house, my bowels start to toss around. And my innards was hurting again. So I said, hey there, mister. I got to talk to my sister. Be, are we going to finish this? that's when I entered the room. I think I've heard enough. I tried to spray perfume, and then I started to hit the switch. And then I started to run. Ah! Somehow, someway, back in 2009, Bodie made it to the end of that. Somehow, someway. 
But that was a legendary story from KB and commemorated with an homage from Bodie. Wild stuff. Anyway, Russ. Russ showing up and saying, hey, I'm good for two more rings. Or I want two more rings in five years. My man, you better hope you get one of those 31 jobs. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time, change up. Don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Here's why. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. On top of that, Old Trapper is a family-owned business, and they take their smoked beef extremely seriously. You can taste it in every single bite. Like, who wants dried out, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. That's who. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. All amazing and all different. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, Grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. And look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? We are joined by Michael Malone. Michael, my guy, it is great to have you back. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing well, Jim. Uh, Been a long time, but always enjoy being on with you and uh, appreciate all the nice words. My man, I want to say the exact same thing about you. It has been a long time, and it's always good to talk to you, and I appreciate you making time. In fact, how long? I'll tell you how long. You and I last spoke in June when you were coming off that championship run and that epic victory parade. So catch (laughs) me up. How are things with you personally? And then how do you feel about where the team is at with over two-thirds of the regular season in the books? Yeah, you know, doing well, obviously. uh, had a very tough loss this year. My father passed away, you know, back in October. And that's been hard in terms of, you know, I've relied upon him for so many years, uh, being my mentor, being my coach, being a friend and being my father and somebody that was always there to support me, to challenge me. And, uh, and I've missed that. You know, I've, I've definitely missed having that. But um, overall, I'd say what, could not be more proud of our group. 39 and 19, as you mentioned, 3-0 and out of the All-Star break. And, uh, you know, it's not easy when you're the reigning champs because you know you're getting everybody's best every single night. But uh, I like our approach right now. I like how well we're playing. And uh, the key is going to be with 24 games to go, can we continue to play at a high level going into the postseason? Michael Malone joining us. Michael, I'm very sorry for your loss. And I was going to ask you about that. You know, you're the guy. There are very few people, but you're one of those leaders that everybody else leans on. And your dad was somebody that you could lean on. And now that he's gone, who do you lean on if you need to lean on somebody? Yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you what. I think the strongest person in my entire family has always been my mother. And, uh, you know, Maureen Malone is a tough, tough lady, uh, raised six kids, and uh, has seen more basketball than most people ever will. And so having uh, having a mother uh, like that is somebody that I can go to just for, you know, support. And just so, you know, when I miss my father, you can have a conversation, and that helps me, it helps her. And then from a basketball standpoint, I have a tremendous coaching staff, and I rely on David Adelman, Ryan Saunders, Popeye Jones, uh, Ryan Bowen, whoever it is, all these guys that I have around me, they're not just good coaches. They're even better people, and they challenge me to become a better coach and to look at things 
in every way possible so that we're always finding a way to improve and never be stagnant. Um, so I would, I would say, you know, from a basketball standpoint, my staff, the players on our team, I've, I've been with Nicola for nine years, Jamal Murray for eight years. And, uh, you know, these guys, we're family with our team. And they've also helped me kind of get through this tough stretch. That's and uh, couldn't be more proud of those guys. That's really, really strong. Michael Malone joining us, really strong. In fact, you see it on the floor last night. I thought that was a hell of an effort against a resurgent Warriors team that you know needed and wanted that game badly. Your team ripped off a pair of 14-0 runs. You overcame that 15-point deficit. You ripped that dub. I mean, that's some championship grit right there. What was your message to your team after they pulled it off? Well, the message was simple. You know, what I was most proud about, and you just kind of alluded to it, Jim, was we're in the second quarter. We're down by 16 points in that building. Clay Thompson's going crazy. The crowd is into it. And a lot of teams, that 16-point lead is going to 25. What I loved about our group is that there was never any panic. We stayed the course. We played harder. We became the aggressor. And to close that first half on a 14-0 run, to tie the game at the half was really important. And then to build off of that to start the third quarter, as you alluded to with the 14-4 to run, that was, my, that was where I was most proud about. Yes, we won the game, but not getting down, not quitting, not letting go of that proverbial rope, staying the course and staying together. And I think that's what championship teams do. You find a way. Things aren't going your way. You find a way to stay with it, knowing in 48 minutes it's a long time to play. And things will change if you stay with it and you play the right way. And, you know, Nikola Jokic, three games out of the break, averaging 27 points, 17 rebounds, and 15 assists. Those are just crazy numbers right there. And then when you can add a Jamal Murray getting 27 and Aaron Gordon, whoever else it may be for us on a given night, I think our depth is uh, something that people don't really talk about enough because Nicole is such a great player, but we have a lot of other really good players that are a big part of what we're doing. Michael Malone joining us. That's one of my favorite phrases, don't let go of the rope. I was going to ask you about the big two, and I hear what you're saying about, hey, look, we're really lucky to have these guys, but we have a lot of great players. But when you talk about Nicola, like he's making the impossible look routine once again. He went 32, 16, and 16 last night. You talked about his numbers coming out of the All-Star break. I mean, is he in a place where this is just his standard, and he maintains that standard pretty much every night or is this guy actually somehow getting better I, I think I think he's getting better you know and I'm with him every day I'm with him every night um, and you know, even last night so we look at the 32 16 and 16 but on top of that Jim he has four steals he has one block he had five deflections and I heard that after the game Draymond Green went on his podcast and said hey you know, me and Joker have had some battles in the past, but last night I had no answers for Joker. And he marveled at Nicola's conditioning, his ability to get up and down the court over the course of the 37 minutes that he played. Um, and what I'm really impressed with, not just with Nicola, but our group, we have lost three games in a row going into the All-Star break. Not ideal. So the challenge was coming out of the break to hit the ground running and find a way to get back to playing at an elite level. And then three games so far, we've done that with Nicola leading the charge. Um, he understands what time it is right now, this time of the season with 24 to go. He and we have to get back to playing at a high level, a consistent level every night. 
and uh, he just continues to amaze at the consistent greatness every single night. We are talking to Michael Malone. You know, Michael, it's like Draymond. Draymond actually plays Nicola about as well as anybody. So if Draymond's going to rush to his podcast and say, man, I had no answers. I had no answers. That tells you what kind of a level that Nicola's playing at right now. What about Jamal? He was questionable, Michael, until right up until the start of the game, yet he finished with 27. Now, you know that he knows the importance of being right for the postseason. What's it say about him that he didn't even know if he was going to go, yet goes out and does that? Well, I think it speaks to, you know, a couple of things with Jamal. He's an elite-level player. All right. And, uh, you know, we were all disappointed he wasn't selected as an all-star this year. But as I told Jamal, there are some guys that make the all-star team that will never, ever do what you've done in the playoffs on the biggest stage when the stakes are at their highest. And for him to be battling the different injuries he's battling with, he's one of the toughest players I've ever been around mentally and physically. And, you know, we, we play Washington coming out of the, uh, the all-star break. He plays really well, does not play in the Portland game. And then, as you mentioned, not sure if he's going to play last night, goes out there and scores 27. But I think the biggest part of his 27 were the second quarter. He had 16 of those 27, Jim, and that was when the game was hanging in the balance. It was an 11-12 point lead, and was the game going to get away from us? And Jamal never let the game get away from us. He kept us within striking distance, which enabled us to close on that 14-0 run we spoke about earlier. Uh, Jamal's a gamer. He's tough, and I think we have the best two-man combo in the league. You have two great players in Jamal and Nicola, and uh, when those guys are clicking, we become a very, very tough team to beat. Michael Malone joins me for a couple of more moments. You know, Michael, you look at the West, especially at the top, and it's fierce, right? You've got Minnesota, OKC, a couple of young teams having great, great seasons. You made an interesting point, though, I thought last week when you said getting the top seed, quote, is not a top one or two priority for you. I get where you're going with that, but can you lay it out for us? Why is getting the top seed not the end-all, and when is it maybe not a good thing at all? Well, obviously, I want everybody to understand, because I think maybe people misinterpret what I'm saying. We would love to be the number one seed again. You know, Last year, that proved to be very beneficial for us, having home court advantage throughout the Western Conference uh, and the NBA Finals. We only lost one home game in the entirety of the postseason, and that was game two to Miami in the Finals. So we're not shying away from the one seed. If we can attain the one seed, we will take it. We have, we feel, the best home crowd in the NBA, and, we have a very, and we've proven to be a very tough out at home. For me, the bigger and most important thing is when our starting five are healthy and available, we have almost a 700 winning percentage. So we have to make sure come playoff time that we have not put ourselves at a disadvantage of running guys into the ground or overplaying them, maybe when they should not be playing to deal with their injuries. I, I want player availability. I want Jamal, KCP, Michael, Aaron, Nicola, those five guys to be ready, healthy, and available to go come playoff time because I think with that group and the guys off of our bench, we can go to any gym in this NBA and beat anybody on a given night, and I have that much confidence in our group. So we'll take the one seed, but player availability and player health to me is a lot more important at this stage. Well said. Makes perfect sense to me. So one final thought, like you're worried about what's in front of you right now, but if you kind of step back or go from 30,000 feet up, man, the West, the West is so different, but what's not different is it's tough, it's competitive, it's deep. I mean, you've got the two young teams I mentioned. You're playing really at a high level as 
defending champs. I don't think anybody wants to run into either Golden State or the Lakers in the first round. Given how deep this conference is, how intense do you expect the playoffs to be when they do tip off in April? Oh, I think it's, you know, it's going to be crazy. You know, you, you mentioned the depth of the Western Conference, the parity across the Western Conference. You have to give Minnesota and OKC a ton of credit. You know, obviously what Chris Finch and Mark Dagnall are doing with their respective teams has been uh, just so impressive. And it's really cool for the Northwest Division to have the top three teams in the Western Conference. That speaks to the depth of our respective division. Uh, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the West, one through ten right now, that they Golden State, with all their experience, they catch fire. They can beat anybody. The Lakers, LeBron James is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Anthony Davis, another all-star. And they're the nine seed. Golden State's a ten seed right now. So <laughs> Dallas is an eight seed. They finally lost the game the other night. They had been playing at such a high level. And I'm talking about those are teams eight, nine, and ten. And then New Orleans, Phoenix, Sacramento, the Clippers. So a lot of great teams, a lot of really well-coached teams in the Western Conference. And I think what's going to make for a very, very exciting postseason. And there will be, a, I'm sure, a ton of upsets. I can't, I can't imagine that not being the case this year. I mean, shoot, we've done this so long, Michael. It's, it's actually insane when you look at it and when you lay it out like that. He is the head coach of the Denver Nuggets. They are the defending world champs. They are playing great ball right now. Michael, so much respect and appreciation for you. Thanks for making time for our program. And really good to hear your voice and get caught up. Thanks so much for that. Always, Jim. Well, I look forward to catching up again sometime soon and hope you and your family have been well. Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate, Appreciate it, it, Michael. Appreciate you so much. Are you one of millions struggling with premature hair thinning and hair loss? Or maybe you're scared about inheriting that thinning look because it just runs in the family. Introducing Provia, a real solution that delivers on its promise without the harsh side effects, unwanted chemicals, and unpleasant smells. Thanks to our friends that develop GenuCell Skincare. Provia uses Procapil. It's a natural ingredient to effectively target the three main causes of premature hair thinning for men and women of any age. By supporting scalp circulation, the delivery of nourishing nutrients, and hair follicle anchoring to your scalp, Provia guarantees more hair on your head than in the shower or on your comb or 100% of your money back. And right now, new customers can save over 50% off Provia's introductory package at ProviaHair.com slash Rome. Every package includes a full 60-day supply of Provia Serum for daily use plus their super concentrate that could give you faster, more noticeable results. And every order includes your choice of a free gift at checkout. See results for yourself right now. ProviaHair.com slash Rome. ProviaHair.com slash Rome. These statements and products have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or condition. The hell happened to A-Rod. Alex Rodriguez. They showed dude at the T-Wolves game Friday night, and holy bleep. Tan much? Yeah, I know, I know. Hey, Rome, you're breaking your own rule. Personal appearances are not show fodder. You're right, they're not. They're not. Unless you're that guy and you show up in public looking like that. Looks like dude went inside a tanning bed, accidentally fell asleep in it, and not for a couple of minutes, and not for a couple of hours, but for a couple of days. Because damn, Al, that tan looks bad. Dude is out here pulling what the internet coined, not me, 
but the internet, because the internet will do that. Dude's out here pulling what the internet coined a, quote, reverse Sammy Sosa. End of quote. That's not me. I did not make that up. The so-called internet did. But I will say this. I almost didn't recognize the guy. It was that bad. Seriously. He went 50 shades of tan on us. Now, of course, I have an opinion. And more importantly, I have experience in this matter. It's not like I was glossed tan smack by all of you for nothing. It was the result of me on that hog from the 80s with a blonde in front of me and a blonde behind me pre-Dodger Jano. And yes, I was tan as hell. So I get that life. I'm about that life. I just don't get this life. There's a right way to secure that perfect bronze look and a wrong way. And then the worst way. And we all know I did it the right way. I did it organically. Just driving up and down PCH on my hog. Securing my vitamin D correctly. Not a fraud. A fraud, on the other hand. Dude cheats at baseball, and now he cheats at tanning. And it looks horrible. I mean, that visible a dude... That famous a dude cannot be showing up and looking that whack in public or even in private for that matter. Even if he wants to do like he did back in the day and make out with himself in the mirror. You can't even do that looking like that. If you live under a rock and you don't know what I'm talking about, just go ahead. Refresh your X feed, but do so at your own risk. Because if you do it, you're going to be blasted with disturbing images of Alex Rodriguez and his new tan. Trust me, he and his tan are not hard to find. I mean, dude, come on with that. You got to be freaking kidding me. Again, take it from me. I'm tan smack. I know what the hell I'm talking about. That looks horrible, dude. I don't know if you're going through some, I don't know, something. Everybody's always going through something. So I'm assuming that you're going through something right now. Maybe you're trying to shake a midlife crisis. Maybe you never got over J-Lo. Whatever it is, it's something. Otherwise, you would not do that to yourself. That's not the way to handle whatever you're going through, dude. I mean, do you have a new gig? Are you auditioning to be Uncle Alex on the Jersey Shore? Seriously, it looks like you're a cast member on the shore. Hashtag GTL, Jim. Tan, laundry. Alex, is that the crew that you're running with right now? I mean, dog, don't you live in Florida for a chunk of the year? What are you going to tell me next? That you and Tan, Mom, Patricia are hitting that tanning salon together? You all remember Tan Mom, don't you? Tan Rod is now giving Tan Mom a run for her money. That's not a good thing. Again, take it from me. Tan smack. Here. Here. Tan smack. I am perfectly bronzed, and I've never once seen the inside of a tanning bed, and I never will. Nor have I ever been sprayed with a tanning gun. Dude, you're like, you're rich, you're famous, you're handsome as hell, 
former great athlete. How the hell do you not know better, A-Fraud? Your look, especially now, your look is half your business and moneymaker. You're an analyst. You're on TV. You're a public figure. How the hell do you show up looking like that in public? Ever. Unless you're going, unless they're going to hit you with a bunch of grease. And you're going to drop into your Speedo and then get in on a little WWE action. Or maybe, maybe you're a pro bodybuilder now. I don't know. Anytime your name starts getting mentioned with the likes of Tan Mom and Pauly D, it's usually not a good thing. My guy, you abused roids, you lied about it, and now apparently you're abusing cans of spray tan. And it doesn't seem like you're being all that truthful either about that. The truth will set you free, and so will the sun. Get your ass outside and find some. His response to trending over the weekend was, quote, everybody calm down. It's just a tan. All right, everybody. I know that I'm dark, but I am Dominican, and I went on vacation, (laughs) and I fell asleep (laughs) in the sun. (laughs) So everybody calm down. Tranquilito, suavecito, mi gente, ya. No. So that's his story. That's his side of the story. He's Dominican and fell asleep during a vacation. Okay. Intiendo. No problema. Afrado. You don't use a tanning bed. You don't use a tanning spray. Somebody ought to find Katie Cork wherever she is. Is she still around? Is she still alive? Somebody find Katie Cork. So they can sit down and have another interview. Katie would be, Katie be like, so, have you ever used a tanning bed? No. Have you ever went inside a booth with paint nozzles and gotten sprayed down a different shade of skin color? No. Have you ever been tempted to use those things? No. You never felt like this guy. You never felt like a guy doing it. You never felt like wearing those silly goggles and getting blasted with spray tan. And you're there maybe 60 seconds, but instead you fall asleep. And then you're out. And then you emerge looking like that. Has that never happened? No. I never felt overmatched in the sun tanning field. If I did my tan work since I was a rookie back in Seattle, I wouldn't have a problem tanning at any beach, park, or rooftop. Have you ever used steroids, human growth hormone, or any other performance-enhancing substance? No. Have you ever been tempted to use any of those things? No. You never felt like, this guy's doing it, maybe I should look into this too. He's getting better This guy's numbers, tanning. Maybe I should ball. look into that, too. I've never felt overmatched on the baseball field. The tanning field, field is un, very strong, it's an unlevel and I felt tanning I bed my, my field. Since I've done, since I was, uh, you know, really Thanks, back Katie. in Seattle. Uh, I didn't and have anyway, a A-Rod, next vacation, my guy, mix in a tanning bed alarm clock. I've got the perfect ringtone for you, too. <laughs> that will wake you up from your deep slumber Inside the tanning bed. Nobody wants you to sit down. 
to talk with Katie Couric. Nobody wants to see her or hear from her ever again. Wherever she is. Everybody relax. I just, I'm Dominican. I fell asleep in the sun. All right, everybody. I know that I'm dark, but I am Dominican. Sorry, dude. When, when you lie as much as you have, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We are joined by Jamal Shed. Jamal, it's been a minute. It's good to have you back on. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm great, dude. I'm great. Nice to visit with you. So three days left before the month of March. This is what you put all the work in, and not just for this season, but effectively your entire life. You obviously want to be playing your best ball and peaking at the right time. Do you feel like that's the case with this group and that you're finding another gear when it matters most? Yeah, I think we're gelling really well. Everybody's figured out what everybody else's strengths are, and we're just trying to play off each other and just keep playing that defense. So um, I think I think we're coming together at the, at the right time now. So you're coming off that huge OT road win over number 11 Baylor Saturday. What a great game that was. The Bears came back from 16 down, but you didn't blink when they did, nor did you flinch when it appeared that you had won the game with a three at the buzzer in regulation. There was overturned by video review. That didn't matter. What's that game tell you about the Cougs' mental toughness? Um, I think if you go down that stat line, every single person that played that game contributed in their own way. And um, I think that's what it's all about for us. Everybody coming to play their best basketball. Everybody wanting to contribute. Everybody coming together and playing good as a collective. So um, I feel like we, we were destined to win that game because we all had the right mindset, right attitude. Man, it sounds like Kelvin at Samson basketball right there. I'll get to him in a minute. Jamal Shedd joining us. What about your dude, LJ Cryer? He had 15. Had to feel great. I mean, no matter what, it's going to feel good. But he did it against his former club. The two of you, I think, have been a tremendous one-two punch, combining for 28 per game. How were you two able to establish that great chemistry so quickly? And what has he brought to your team this year? Um, I've been on LJ since third grade, so it's <laughs> It's been a long road, and, um, you know, we finally get to play with each other. And once we started to live together and we started to play together, it just was an instant click. So he brings everything that I don't, and I bring everything he doesn't. So and we, we match each other, and we, we our chemistry is really, really good, and I feel like we feed off each other really well. That's actually a great story. That You've been on him since third grade. You know how, like, if you want something really badly and you want it for a really long time and then you get it, and then sometimes it's not what you thought it would be? I mean, is this is this pretty much what you thought it would be? Yeah, this, this is pretty much what I thought I'd be playing with one of the best shooters in the country, playing with a dude who's really mature, a dude who's won everywhere he's been, um, just somebody that's a real winner and somebody who's really a, a good person outside of basketball. So it's been everything I thought it would be. I like that. Not only that, but you're playing for one of the best coaches in the game, one of the best coaches ever, I think. I've been interviewing Kelvin for a long, long time. In fact, my guy, I bet I've interviewed him longer than you've been alive that's a hell of a coach right there, and I know he loves his guys, but he is tough. He is demanding. He's old school, but I know he loves all of you. Can you put into words how your coach has shaped the kind of player and person that you have become? Um, you know, he's made me mature. Um, just watching him every day, watching how he approaches the game, he approaches practice, 
how he just approaches life. Um, just with the same attitude, same consistency every day has made me a better player and a better person. So um, he's been pushing me, and uh, that's what I came here for. I've been trying to be coachable and learn as much as I could for him while I was still here. So he's been he's been the reason I've had a lot of this success. I think it's really interesting, that last part you just said, because when he and I spoke in December, we talked about how some, just some, some young players – uh, they're not the way necessarily that they were when he came up and that he made the point, yeah, maybe not, but there are still guys that want to be coached hard, quote, unquote. Was that one of the reasons why you want to play college ball at Houston? Did you want to be coached hard? I mean, nobody ever wants to be coached hard, but I knew it would be hard. And I knew whatever he would say to me, whatever he would do, I knew it would do nothing but better me. So um, I knew what I was getting myself into. Uh, I didn't know how hard it would be, but I knew that if I stuck with it, I would come out a little successful. I a little bit what I was doing. Jamal Shedd joining us. Jamal, I'm starting to lose the connection with you. I got most of that answer. It was a really good answer. I love the way you started. You know, look, nobody really wants to be coached hard, but as you know, everything good is on the other side of hard. Let me ask you this. You declared for the NBA draft last year. You decided to return for your senior year. What went into that decision? Ultimately, why did you decide to come back? Um, I felt uh, that I could get a lot more out of this season, and I, I knew that this team would be pretty good when coming back. I knew J1 was coming back. I knew LJ was coming. Um, Emmanuel stepped up in a big way. I just knew that I, I could do a little bit better. I felt like I had I had some left in the tank. Hmm. So what about the conference itself? You play in one of the deepest conferences in the nation, in the Big 12. Like, how fired up were you to join that conference and test yourselves against the best in the country night in and night out? Oh, man, it's been fun. You know, you really go to battle every single night. And I think we've stepped up to the plate. Uh, hearing what people have said, I feel like we've, we've overcome a lot of adversity and just stuck together. So it's been fun playing in the best conference in the country, and it's even fun, even more fun winning in it. So it's been awesome. Yeah, I guess time will tell before I let you go. Time will tell, but I wonder, does playing in a conference like that get you tournament tough and ready for the big dance, or maybe does it just kind of beat you down and wear you out? Because to your point, it's a grind every single night. Nothing is easy. Right. Coach, coach says it all the time. It would be a blessing or a curse because, you know, like you said, we're beating each other up, um, but I feel like the, those beatings turn into lessons. When, when tournament time comes. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You got Cincinnati coming into your building tomorrow night. You're unbeaten at home. Tomorrow is going to be a whiteout game. What kind of energy and atmosphere are you expecting at the Fertitta Center tomorrow? Our fans have been absolutely amazing this season. Um, you know, we joined the Big 12. They joined the Big 12, too. They've set their game up. Our students have been awesome. So uh, I feel like it's going to be like every other game. It's going to be just electric, and the building's going to be packed. It's fun, man. It's fun. It's fun to see. It's fun to watch. I would imagine it's unbelievably fun to be a part of. 24-3, and 11-3, top-ranked now. Jamal Shed, my guest. Jamal, appreciate you. Like I said, it's been a minute. Great to have you back. You sound great. Good luck this weekend. Hope we can do it again. Yes, sir. Thank you. You have a good day. What was Cam even doing there? Well, I think I know that. There was a youth football game slash tourney and his foundation he was there on behalf of. But where was the security? Finally got in there late. Why was Cam wearing a witch hat? And what the hell is the TSP crew? So if you were asking any of those questions, 
you were asking the same exact questions that everybody else was asking. Apparently, that scuffle went down at a seven-on-seven football game or attorney. Apparently, the TSP crew is a seven-on-seven football team. They played Cam's seven-on-seven football team, and in the aftermath, they decided to attack the former MVP. Not the MVP of some seven-on-seven game, but an NFL MVP. And there's not much more information than that, other than the actual video footage, which is everywhere. And it shows Cam taking on like seven of these dudes at once. Like it's nothing at all. Like he's dealing with seven guys coming at him once, at once. One dude completely sucker punched him, which he absorbed like it was nothing. Turns out a six foot five, 250 pound former NFL MVP is pretty tough and pretty athletic and pretty hard to get to the ground. Shocking, right? I mean, the dude barely flinched. And you got like five, seven guys all over him trying to throw haymakers and sucker punches. And this dude just flicking these dudes off him. It was like it was like the defense brought the house and completely sold out on a zero blitz. And Cam just stood tall in the pocket and handled it. Didn't phase him at all. In fact, he didn't just fend off like seven dudes at once. He fended off seven dudes at once without going on the offensive. Like, he didn't return the hands. He didn't catch anybody with a haymaker. He didn't cold cock anybody. He didn't lunge at anybody. It's like he was just trying to play some kind of peacekeeper, and then all of a sudden he's deflecting dudes like he's John Wick, or better yet, Bruce Lee. And the witch hat didn't even move. Never mind falling off. Like, it didn't even move. So Cam might not have any game left, But he's still a big, strong dude. And still the same dude who once got hit by a truck and came back to play like 11 days later. Apparently these dudes from the TSP crew missed all of that when the dude was one of the best athletes in the world because they rolled up on him like he was some chump. And if the internet is to be believed, they talk crap before they did it. Here is one of the alleged aggressors allegedly talking smack on IG before the brawl. Hey, Joe. Hey, man, I'm going to say it. They can't hide the film now. You know what I'm saying? That three times. You know what I'm saying? Y'all not throwing that none, throwing that Atlanta hero quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot beat me. I mean, they're talking that junk about that guy before they run up on him. I mean, bad news, bro. They can't hide the film. You're right about that. That's one thing you are right about. They can't hide the film. They can't hide the film of you and your six dudes attacking him and getting absolutely nothing out of it other than getting brushed off like some minor annoyance. The so-called non-throwing ass Atlanta hero quarterback did beat you. He beat you. They can't hide film of that, my dude, because it's all over the internet. And the internet is in ink. It will always be there. Like, I don't know exactly what happened in that 7-on-7 game. You can burn that tape if you want. Nobody on earth cares about that tape. But the tape of you dudes trying to jump a former MVP while inflicting zero damage, that tape right there is now forever. Congrats. I mean, that's exactly what you want anyway, right? 
mean, come on, man. A little respect. A little more respect than that. That's seriously how you repay the dude for being active in youth football? I mean, it'd be easy for me to say, that right there is everything that's wrong with youth sports. I could say that. But you're really going to jump this dude for showing up to a U18 7-on-7 event? Like his own event? Quote, None throwing ass Atlanta hero QB. None throwing ass Atlanta hero quarterback. What an insane diss. Usually you don't insult somebody by calling them a hero. And being a non-throwing ass QB in the NFL, not only that, but a non-throwing ass QB who won the MVP award. All of that is still a lot better than coming nowhere near ever playing in the NFL. And then showing up to a 7-on-7 football event to gang up on some dude who actually did play in the NFL. And security, exactly what were you doing? If Cam Newton shows up for an event or hosts an event, and you know you've got some dudes looking to make trouble. You know you've got some dudes that got beef with him. You know there's going to be a problem. I mean, isn't it your job to prevent that from happening? Isn't that your whole job? Like, I wasn't there. I don't know all the inside. I don't know all the information. I'm just going by what I saw in the video. And there's one dude there that you really need to protect, right? (laughs) The former NFL MVP. And yet somehow seven guys get to him? Seven-on-seven football event turned into a a fight scene from a kung fu movie. (laughs) Thankfully, Cam is all right. But I do still have questions, mostly about that witch hat that he was rocking. And I'm not sure there's ever going to be any satisfying answers. But I would say this again, never confuse his hat or his wardrobe or his fit or his font with him not being one of the toughest mother bleepers ever. NFL players, again, are already a different breed. They just are. By virtue of putting on those pads and stepping on that field, they're different than the rest of us. And in a lot of ways, this guy's actually a breed apart from the rest of them, at least in terms of physical toughness. I mean, then again, he's used to this. For most of his football life, he had no help. He's used to fighting one-on-seven or one-on-eleven. And I'm guessing that five pissed-off dads from a youth football tourney is nothing compared to dealing with 11 NFL alphas wanting to take his head off every single week. That guy stood in, man. He's a beast. Even after getting jumped and sucker punched and seven guys were on him, he had no help and it didn't even matter. I know this. My man's more relevant now than he has been since he won the MVP. Cam's showing up every week somewhere. Getting jumped, hot taking, getting people to react to him. Wearing crazy hats. Let's go to Richmond. Will in Richmond. Hey, Will, how are you? Hey, Room. Good show, dude. Thanks, dude. What's uh, up? Yeah. Um. Hey, I uh, wrote a little haiku about your best friends from Calabasas High. So uh, here you go. Warm summer evening. Lyle has lost his toupee. Murdered our parents. That's the Menendez brothers. Thanks, dude. Uh, if that, in fact, qualifies as a haiku. I didn't measure it. Good night now!